Welcome back to the conclusion of the matter podcast. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, Solomon writes, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. And my name is Robbie Santiago, joined as always by Ryan Weaver and Ren Ferguson. Uh, and as always, we love to hear y'all's questions or comments that you guys have. You can reach out to us with those at the conclusion of the matter at yahoo.com. Uh, you can send us messages with questions or comments or let us know in person. Uh, and we do have one announcement that we'd like to share with everybody just so that you are aware that next week we will be doing a special for Thanksgiving about thankfulness. But after next week, that will be the final episode of, I guess you can call it our first season, whatever you want to call it, but we will be taking a hiatus for a few weeks for the holiday season. So we will be taking a break and then starting back around the new year. But we just want to thank everybody for, for listening and for sharing with coworkers and friends. And uh, again, during that several months, if you think of questions or topics that you'd like for us to talk about uh, around the turn of the year, then we'd love to look into those. So just let us know. Ryan, or Ren, rather, rather, I'm sorry. <laughs> the funny thing is we just talked about it. I, I asked, so who was introducing the podcast this time? Literally two minutes ago. But, Ren, why don't you tell us? Okay. Uh, we're, we're going to be doing another uh, message behind the music today. And we're going to be looking at a very well-known song, uh, and that is Amazing Grace. Now, as we go through this, we're going to look at several verses uh, the books that we have here at the Collinsville Troy Church have uh, six verses, uh, but we plan on looking at five of them because those are the five most more, tradi- more traditional, traditional or common where it, yeah. you might find them in multiple uh, books or multiple versions of this song. And so those are the ones that we're going to be focusing on. But uh, this song, as I mentioned, very, very well-known song. I know Ryan has some history of it that he's going to be getting into later, and so we will just go ahead and jump into the first stanza, the first verse of this song, unless y'all have something I want to mention beforehand. Nope. All right. Go for it. Okay. The first verse states, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Uh, these verses obviously aren't very long verses, but I think they, they have a lot of meat on them, or in them, I guess you mm-hmm. could say. And the very first phrase there, the name of the song, the title of the song, Amazing Grace. And as we often do whenever we're looking at these words, I think it's always important for us to remind ourselves of exactly what we're talking about. Uh, grace, as it is often defined as unmerited favor. Uh, we often will contrast that with mercy, where Mercy is not getting what you do deserve, but grace is getting what you don't deserve. Uh, someone doing you a favor, giving you mm-hmm. a gift that you did That's not, not earn. Deserved. Yeah. yeah, that you did not deserve. And so he's saying amazing grace. And when you think about God's grace especially, it is undoubtedly amazing how he has that grace towards us. Yeah, and I think that... Th- uh, the definitions are always, like you said, where we start. And I think we've dumbed down the word amazing and awesome in our society. Yeah. Like, oh, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Right. And a lot of things are, are that are cool we call amazing. But when you look at the definition of amazing, causing great surprise or wonder and astonishing. And it's like you think of how great this – how could this – 
how could this grace cover me? You know, right. how could God be willing to give me that favor I didn't deserve? Because uh-huh. us as humans are like, a lot of times we're like, you don't deserve it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and right. it, if it you just don't causes deserve it, you don't get it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like, a, it makes you wonder. And, and it's just amazing that it's, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it's for everybody. Right. Right. And it's, it's. I think that's the key here where this, and the other thing I noticed in this, as he wrote it, and I'm assuming it's like this in all songbooks, I don't know, but exclamation point. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. he. it's not just a regular sentence. It's hard, to, it's hard to see that when we're singing it, but if you stop and really look at the words, he's like, amazing right. grace. Yeah. I mean, really putting the emphasis right. there. Yeah. And it's even in the title there, too, and that was yeah. something that I was actually going to bring up, too. Um, and Stole your notes, Rob. Yeah, Sorry. well, it's, yeah. But it's... It's one of those things, especially if you look at the end of that first line there, that he saved like wretches, like the lives yeah. that we used to live. You think of how amazing it was, like the course that we would have been on, that it's because of his grace that we have been rescued. And that is truly something that's amazing. It's not cool. It's not all yeah. right. It is truly amazing and wonderful. And I think it's something that we shouldn't take for granted that we should always be grateful for. I th- I'd Go just say, I think this first verse aligns specifically the first verse and then going, I once was lost, but now I'm found. Mm-hmm. That part made me think of the the prodigal son, which right. we've always talked about. But yep. even even what Robbie was saying there, that son was in a wretched state. Right. And he went back and got favor that he really didn't deserve, yeah. but his father was willing to give it yeah. to him. And when I when I read that that part of the stanza there, I was reminded of Romans seven, twenty four and twenty five. Because here in Romans 7, Paul is talking about, I believe, his time under the law of Moses. And he had this desire to obey it, but it was, of course, impossible to keep it perfectly. And as he's describing the turmoil, the internal turmoil of him wanting to obey it, but of course always failing to do so and never being able to keep it perfectly, he concludes there in verse 24 and 25, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ Jesus our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. And he's again making that comparison of under the law of Moses, they, I mean, of course they could be right with God, but their sins wouldn't be taken away right. until Christ came, obviously. And so he's saying, oh, wretched man that I am, he has no way of being saved as he, as he describes it there in verse 24, deliver me from this body of death. But now, as he says there in verse 25, through Christ we can be. Mm-hmm. And that is all because of going back to what we're talking about here because of God's grace. Right. I think that you look at the was blind, but now I see. You know, he wasn't physically blind, but he, he was missing the bigger picture. And right. when you get into God's Word, and I think that's grace comes in multiple, I don't want to call it flavors, but multiple ways. You know, we, we associate grace mm-hmm. with salvation, but we see different passages in the New Testament where grace deals with God's giving, making sure you have the material blessings to take care of others, right. 2 Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter 8 and 9 in there. Um, but God's Word, just the fact that we have this Word, I think is, is part of God's grace. Right. And it lets us to see what He wants us to see. Right. And I think, and I was interested to get y'all's thoughts on the beginning part of verse two. Okay. But when I read the yeah. first part of verse two, that was kind of the idea that I had mm-hmm. as well. But before we get into that, do you have anything else on verse one? Robbie? I was just, I was just going to bring up Paul. I think if you read the entire first 
first stanza there, I think it's really important to put yourself in the perspective of Paul when he was on the road to Damascus and like the things that he went through. You figure those three days after he lost his sight, he probably felt like a, a real yeah, wretch right, and just yeah. like was at the low of lows. And then when he reflected back later in his life, just how God's grace had really, uh, really turned his life around. And I think he's a prime example. Of course, the prodigal son's another really good example, but I also think of David. I mean, in different points in David's life, when he felt that he was in the low of lows, it was God that remained steadfast with him. And I, those are the three people that I thought about while reading verse one. But right. I guess we'll go on to yep. verse two. Sounds good. Uh, going back to the beginning of verse two, where he states, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear." And to what you were just pointing out, Ryan, I was thinking about that and. I think the point that you just made, God's word in and of itself is an act of grace. Yeah, agree. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't have to reveal this to us. Mm -mm. He didn't have to inspire these men to write. I mean, throughout those 15, 1600 years, throughout the world's history of compiling all of these things so that we would have all of the information that we needed to have. He He was not obligated to do that. But because of his grace and his love for us, he did. And I was, I, that's exactly what verse two made me think of too. And maybe that's why that was in my head because yeah. I found it interesting. The irony of this verse is the grace that gave us the word taught me to fear. And right. I'm, I see it both ways. I see it to respecting God, which is, you know, the fear, right. the reverence, but also I'm not in a good spot here yeah. and I've got to, to fix un- something. To understand our, yeah. Our, and the very yeah. next part of this first, this first sentence of verse two is, but grace, my fears relieved. Right. Because grace brought me to this fear. But now that I truly know this grace, mm-hmm. because I followed the the God's plan of salvation, and I am now okay, I have nothing to worry about. Right. And, and I go back to you know where you were at in First John chapter five, verse thirteen, when we did the book report. Mm-hmm. It's you can know you have eternal life. Right. Well, and even because I also thought about that, but even backing up to chapter four, verses seventeen and eighteen where he states, by this is, is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because he is, as he is, so also we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And going along with that second phrase in the first part of the, the stanza, because of his grace, like you were pointing out, 513, we can have confidence in our salvation. And then because of that, we can have confidence before him on the day of judgment. Right. And so, yes, that grace, when we're thinking about it in relation to God's word, teaches us to fear and to respect him. But it's also that grace that we learn about from that word that alleviates those fears at the same time. I think of so many audiences that the early church would have spoken to, particularly the apostles, but the early church as a whole, that probably did not know who God was or had a misunderstanding, whether that be like people that would have had a background in Judaism, whatever the case was, when they came to know the truth, I I just think that the mindset of the first part of verse 2 here would have been really similar, that they were first learned like the things that they had done and the things that they needed to change but were relieved at the fact that God uh, would be willing to forgive them of those things and be gracious toward them. Uh, and you think of different back, the different backgrounds that a lot of people throughout the book of Acts, but also throughout the whole Bible, like the Ninevites, for example, and other groups that weren't going, weren't going down the right path. But when, the, when they learned, they learned to obey God and learn that fear of God to obey Him, not to 
you know, be terrified of him, but to respect him. Uh, and I think that within the early church, you see that as well, you mm-hmm. know, in audiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he then goes on in the second part of, of the second stanza there. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. And again, going back to the point that you made earlier, Ryan, how God's grace is manifested, I guess you could say manifested in a number of different ways. My mind went to Romans 5, 6 through 11, describing ultimately the sacrifice of Christ and how whenever we first believed, whenever we first came to have that conviction or that faith in Christ, how profound, I think, that example of grace in his sacrifice was, at least in you know my mind and as it often is, is in our minds uh, when, when we first believe. That word precious there, it, it, it alludes to being very important, um, so much that you want to hold on to it, right? And, you know, Jesus gave multiple parables, the, the precious pearl and um, that someone was willing to mm-hmm. basically sell what everything they had to obtain that. Right. And to your point, when you finally get to that, I think you used the word conviction. Is that the word you used? Uh, he doesn't even, I don't, I don't remember. remember. <laughs> um, when you get to that point and you realize that you come out of the waters of baptism and you realize I'm a new person and wow, how great yeah. that is. Well, how amazing. It yeah, is. Going exactly. Back to the title, yeah. 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 Um, and it's just, it's just something, it's, it's the best gift uh-huh. that anyone could ever give. And I think that's the preciousness of it mm-hmm. is that you don't want to lose it. Right. It reminds me of, well, your comment reminded me of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, where he says, let us therefore, because of the things that he's mm-hmm. done for us, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and, and help in time in the need. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, just because of God's grace and God's mercy, that's why we can have that confidence to, to persevere. Absolutely. Right, right. Uh, you talking about perseverance actually leads us into the third stanza, mm-hmm. ironically. I don't know if you did Good that tease. on purpose, but <laughs> uh, the third stanza then, do y'all have anything else on the second? No. Okay. The third one reads, through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Uh, again, when I re- read this, I know Ryan had some maybe some history behind behind this, but when I read this, I was reminded of the Apostle Paul yet again, mm-hmm. uh, because there in Second Corinthians chapter, chapter 11, 11, verses yeah, 23 through too. 33, yeah. you read all of the things, and I'm not going to read that entire passage, but I mean, you read all of the things that he had to go through. He says that uh, he received 40 lashes, less one, five different times. On five different occasions, three times, he was beaten with rods. He was stoned once. He was shipwrecked three times. All of these things that he continues to, to go down and, and to describe, and all of those persecutions, all of those trials. But then the same man who had earlier written in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 10, whenever he's talking about his work and his labor for God, he says, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. I think Paul, of course, really understood the role of grace and God's grace in his life, not only enabling him to overcome those things that he had to endure, but also that was why he was able to do the work that he was able to do because of God's grace being with him. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had I had first Corinthians chapter eleven as or second Corinthians chapter eleven. Yeah, chapter eleven, all uh verses twenty three through twenty eight. Not gonna read them. You read yeah. you did a good job. Thanks. But <laughs> I thought of I think keep it in mind that as we said before, the chapters are men put, right? right? So he continues on there in chapter twelve and he gets it to where yeah, I've gone through all this other stuff, but now I've got this thorn in the side. Right. And he says, I prayed that God would remove uh-huh. it. What was the answer he got back? My grace is sufficient yeah. for you. Yeah, and I think that's fitting to this, is that Paul went through all these toils and tribulations, and he's still dealing with stuff, and he asked that something be removed. And we got to look at it and say, well, God may not, I think we'll get to this in verse 4 a little bit, but God may not remove said obstacle, but he will help you to get through it right. and help you deal with it. And the other thing I think it's important to highlight there in Second Corinthians 12, there was a reason why Paul had to suffer the things that he was suffering. Mm-hmm. And he says, unless he I become conceited. Right, so he didn't boast too much. Yeah, so because he didn't become arrogant. And so sometimes whenever we face persecutions or trials or the toils that he's describing in the song, we're all, woe is me, look at all these horrible things that have happened to me. And sometimes we... And I think even Paul's an example of that. He didn't seem to fully understand, at least at the time whenever he was asking God to take it away from him, that it was there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And it was still ultimately because of God's grace that he was able to endure it. Well, I had had on here 1 Peter 5 and verse 10, which in context, it's talking about temptation, suffering, the things that you go through. And it's ironic that verse 10 starts, but may the God of all grace who Mm -hmm. called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. So it's the God of grace that's going to be with you through this. And we've actually been, last couple of weeks on Wednesday night in the high school class, well, middle and high school combined class, we've been talking about suffering and why people suffer. And you think of people like Job and people like Paul and the things that they went through, even while they were going through it, God was still with them. They didn't necessarily understand it completely at the time, but it definitely like strengthened them long term. And it's mm-hmm. because of those things and ultimately because of God's grace that they were able to be strengthened by those struggles right. that life brought on to them. Right. So this is where I'll throw a little bit of the history in the song in. Um, it was written by um, a guy named John Newton. Um, it Not too much um, early history of him was he... He was young when his mother died. I think it said he was seven years old when his mom died. But he he recalled his mom every night having um, Bible. She would make him, um, not make him, but she would encourage him to memorize Bible passages and hymns. And she would pray, um, even though she was sick at times, devoted herself to nurturing his soul. Um, He later recalled her tearful prayers for him. And I think that touched him at some point. But... After her death, he went into boarding school and a couple of, um, he got jobs in the, this, the book says the high seas, so obviously he was a sailor of some kind. And this was in the 1700s, uh, 1748. It's recorded there, he actually was um, forced into the British Navy, but he deserted and he was captured and he ended up getting flogged for that. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, he, very similar to Paul. That's kind of why yeah. I went to Paul, because I yeah. read this thinking, I remember Paul talking about the lashings and the right. floggings and all yeah. that, and the rods and all that stuff. But um, I saw in another place where he ended up being a captain of a slave ship. Um, this book doesn't cover that, but what I found ironic is later when he becomes a a uh, 
evangelical preacher, he was a ended up being a powerful foe against slavery. So he had some sort of, if, if that was truly the case, he's had some sort of change of heart, yeah. right? But anyway, in March 9th of 1748, he was 23 years old. And he was on a boat, and he was jolted awake by a brutal storm that descended too suddenly on the crew. The next day, in great peril, he cried to the Lord. He later wrote, That tenth of March is a day much remembered by me, and I have never suffered it to pass unnoticed since the year 1748. The Lord came from on high and delivered me out of deep waters. So apparently he was, again, like Paul, shipwrecked. And, um, you know... I think the providence of God could have very well been involved. I don't know. But he recognized it as something God did for him, you know, and this led him to grow further and further into what he considered his faith. Not sure that he was really a, you know, New Testament Christian. But he he, he wrote these words when he was studying 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 16 and 17, when when it reads, uh, King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And this was a small thing in your eyes, O God. You have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come and have shown me future generations, O Lord God. So kind of like David, why, you know, was I really deserving of this opportunity? Yeah. And um, now David, obviously a different situation. He was He was anointed king he had certain things to do right but we can say the same thing is who am i that mm-hmm. i deserve this grace yeah. and that's kind of where this song came from um i don't know all the i think toils and dangers and it has to do with verse three is where he was talking about um kind of you know where he recognized god's unmerited um yeah. favor right it kind of reminds me of a couple of other songs or kind of the reasons that they were written. I don't believe that we've done one on It Is Well With My Soul, but the story behind that one, yeah. if you're familiar Rachel with Spafford, it. Spafford, is, is that his name? I believe I so, so, yeah. But um, but I won't spoil too much of it, but was going through some things while, while right. out at sea, and so there's a real similar uh, kind of comparison there. And another song that some of you may know called Master of the Tempest is Raging, which... Um, and it's ironic that even the song kind of like quiets down um, when they're kind of like at the breaking point whenever they are, um, when they know that God's with them. So like the, the tone of the song kind of changes along with mm-hmm. the theme of the song, if you will. So, right. But anyway, it just kind of reminded me of those just as side stories. So Yeah. And as he says in the song, it was grace that brought me safe thus far. Mm-hmm. So I think he's recognizing, going back to what you were talking about, it's because of God's grace that we've made it this far, and I Mm -hmm. think all of us can relate to that that statement. But then he concludes that verse by saying, and grace will lead me home. Again, that idea of, yes, God's grace has helped us to this point, but it's going, he's going to continue to help us Mm -hmm. until we reach that ultimate reward of heaven. Well, there's no other way. Yeah. You know, that's the only thing that's going to lead us home. Right. I mean... Can we lose it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys go back and listen to our Can We Lose Our Salvation podcast to hear that part. But there's nothing we can do to earn our way to heaven, uh-huh. right? It's that grace that's going to, without it, we can't right. get there. Right. And to recognize that is important. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, Paul makes that point. It's the mm-hmm. gift of God. It's mm-hmm. not by works that we have done. It's not by 
some system that we have contrived or anything of that nature. It's because that's what God has given to us. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on the third stanza? I don't think so. All right. The fourth one, uh, it reads, The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as this life endures. Uh, this kind of harkens back, I think, to to the second verse as well. Uh, but again, he says, The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. When I think of this, Titus 1 and verse 2, In hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. God has given us a promise that if we are obedient and faithful to him, then we have that hope, that expectation of eternal life. And it is his word that confirms that in Numbers, what is it, 23, 19, where he states that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of a man that he should repent. If God gives us a promise and he gives us that confidence, then we can we ought to trust in it. And I think that's what we're seeing here, at least in that first part of, of the fourth stanza. Yes. Um, I immediately thought of two verses. One was Romans eight twenty eight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that for those who love God, all, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So hearkening back to verse two, it may not always be good, but it's going to work towards mm-hmm. the good. Right. And he's promised that to us. Um, and the verse, his word, my hope secures, brought me to a passage that we use a lot, which we actually used, I think, last week, um, Romans fifteen four. Um, but we use a lot of times to say that the Old Testament is our example, right? Paul writes, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. And that's where I, that's the part of the verse I wanted to key in on, is that the encouragement of the Scriptures give us that hope. And that's what he says there is, His word my hope secures. It gives me the hope, and it's God's word that continues to encourage me and give me that hope yeah i was even thinking uh into the next line uh where he mentions he will he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures that i know we've talked on a few podcasts that these things including god's grace his mercy all these things it's not something that has a limit um and that he's always going to be there to protect us Mm -hmm. uh, and to Mm -hmm. be with us um and you think of People like Jonah and Paul and Peter, all of these apostles, Barnabas, the early church, all of them, they went through some tough things, but God was always with them. It's there was right. He never left for a second, mm-hmm. that He's always going to remain there, yeah. um, and that's not something that has a limit. And that should, that should be something that's yeah, truly that's... amazing like for us to remember that it is not going to to end that God is always going to be with us and that he is always going to protect us as yeah. long as we are right. you know keeping up our end of the deal there right he's right. never going to desert us yeah, yeah. And that shield and portion part i had he is our protector which you allude mm-hmm. to right. and our provider yeah. right and you Robbie just said it, but I think you said it in verse 1 or before we even started, that it never ends. You mm-hmm. know, it keeps on going. And his point is that um, as long as life, um, where I even lost the verse, uh, as long as life endures. As long right. as his yeah. life endures and as long as you follow the, the the rules and you do it God's way, it's there. Right. And that phrase, especially, he will be my shield and portion, reminded me, I don't think it was the first segment 
well, first time we did this segment, but I think it was the second, second. when we looked at Lamentations Steadfast. 3, 24. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my portion. I looked at my, my notes soul. for that yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and again, that idea of what y'all are describing, yes, he is our, our provider, but I think it's also presenting that idea of, of us turning to God and choosing him mm-hmm. as opposed to everything else that is in this world. He is our portion. He is the lot that we have, have chosen, chosen in life, right. so to yep. speak. And as he says at the beginning that he will be our shield, which reminds me of what uh, is written in Psalm 46 and verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Uh, the word present could be translated there well proved, but the idea is still relatively the same. It's exactly what you guys have already been talking about. No matter what, we are, what we're going through, God is that source of, of strength so that we might be able to endure it. He's that shield. And, and kind of thinking of that in relation to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that doesn't mean nothing bad is ever going to happen to right. us, as you pointed out, mm-hmm. Romans eight twenty eight. But what that does mean is God's going to be there to help us through it, mm-hmm. regardless mm-hmm. of what it may be. Yep. Right. And if that doesn't comfort you, then I'm not sure what right. will. Right. <laughs> Anything else on the fourth stanza? All so. right. Moving on to the sixth and final one. Uh when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. And I think, I think this stanza, and I know that these ones that we're looking at here are the more traditional ones, but I think at least as far as, it's, as we have it in our books, the sixth stanza does kind of tie in with the fifth one too. Because in the fifth one, he says, when, And when this flesh and heart shall fail, and mortal life shall cease, I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. And then he goes in and describes when we've been there. Well, where's the there? It's that life of joy and peace within the veil. Now, that's a reference to, for those of you that attend, that have been in our study of the book of Hebrews, that's, of course, a reference to the tabernacle, the temple, the most holy place, is often a a type or a symbol of heaven. And the Hebrews writer often describes the fact that Christ has gone beyond that curtain, behind that veil. He's in heaven interceding and and advocating for us. And so when we've been there, when we've been behind that veil, when we've been in heaven for 10,000 years, and to me that highlights a a major point of the fact that it's eternal. Yeah. It's never ending. I had to note that eternity is something that, I think that it's hard for us to comprehend, and the only way we can do it is to throw a number like ten thousand, a large years, number yeah. mm-hmm. at it to even make it remotely right. make sense to us. Because in our, you know, what is what's the psalmist say? Seventy, maybe eighty, if you're right. a good life By or whatever. And strength, you know, people. Yeah. My grandma, she's she's ninety four, so some people, you know, right. live longer. But in the grand scheme of things, against ten thousand years, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. So that that's why I thought this verse is like. Number one, it tells us probably what we're going to be doing in heaven. We're going to be singing it, which I am, which I yeah. love. As yeah. Maybe I'll yeah. get to lead a song. I don't know how that works in heaven, but um, but it's it helps us to maybe maybe understand it a little better, the best yeah. we can. I think just to understand that there's no, I think there's no less days. I mean, right. I mean, we've already been here this long, and it's not going to end. Yeah. Well, it reminds I mean, me of the podcast that we did about heaven and just like 
just you could go on listing the joyful and, and the excitement and just the different wonderful things that we at least think heaven's going to include. And it's also ironic that most of the time that it brings in heaven, it's associated with like light or brightness like it is in this verse. Mm-hmm, you know, you mm-hmm. think of the Sermon on the Mount, like how many times throughout the Bible is light also mentioned in the same breath as heaven? But it really is a place where there's no pain, there's no darkness, nothing bad happens there. I mean, you, it's hard to really fathom, just like it's hard to fathom eternity and hard to fathom the fact that there would be no time in heaven. The same is true for really just thinking about how wonderful it'll be. It'd be like beyond comprehension mm-hmm. for for everyone to be together and to be singing and to be joyful, for there to be no pain, no sorrow, no suffering. I mean, it's just, again, I reiterate, if, there, yeah. if that doesn't excite you, then I'm not sure what yeah, will. I don't, I don't know either. Uh, it's it's truly it truly is amazing and and going back to your point Ryan about just the eternal nature of it mm-hmm. it's it's weird to think about this but from the moment that we are conceived we will never stop existing right <laughs> like that's that's, that's weird, weird to think yeah. about because mm-hmm. we always think about death kind of being the end and it's the end here but it's not the end end there is no end yeah. end that's weird right and yeah. so when we're comparing our time here on earth this part of our existence with the next part of our existence this isn't even like it's not even worthy to be compared to it mm-hmm. really and going to to your point robbie how wonderful for those of us that have been faithful who are of course recipients of this grace that's being described by this song how wonderful is that next part of our existence going to be because we're going to be in that place where that's bright and shining as the sun. I believe uh, John, I think it's in Revelation 21 or 22, where he describes God being the light of heaven, mm-hmm. that we're going to be in that light, we're going to be in that glory, and just being able to be there and to praise him for all eternity. That's That's going to be amazing. And even like the last bit there, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. So from the moment we get there until... Well, there's no end, but, you know, you get to do it all the time. So just something to really be excited about and to look forward to and to strive for. Yeah, and I think that what you guys are saying is absolutely true because you think about it probably more as a kid when you looked forward to something Mm -hmm. and it finally got there. It was was what you thought, but there was always an end. Yeah. And that isn't going to happen. Right. You're going to be there and it's going to be... I don't want to use the word fun to dumb it down, but it's going to be great forever. Right. Yeah. For, forever. I for, mean, there's I, not really another yeah. word to, yeah. to describe so, it. Anyway. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And I'm thankful for the amazing grace. Yes. So. Absolutely. Do you all have anything else on these verses here? I don't think so. That's all I had. All right. Well, we're glad that you tuned in today again Uh, Just a reminder, next week we will have an episode, but that will be our final one of the year. Uh, We hope that this study here today has been encouraging to you, has been a great reminder of uh, God's amazing grace, of course, based upon that very well-known song. And sometimes I think it's good, I didn't mention this at the beginning, sometimes I think it is good for us to go back and really examine songs that we have sung over and over again because sometimes we sing them so often that we really stop thinking about what what it's meaning. Mm -hmm. And so I hope that this has been beneficial uh, to you, been encouraging to you, 
and that we have all learned a little something more about God's grace here today. Uh, if y'all don't have anything else, then I guess we can say for now that is the conclusion, conclusion of the matter. matter.